Welcome to Central. We are so glad and excited that you have joined us here. I especially want to say a shout out to our Creston campus. It is exciting to see all the things that God is doing with you and at your church uh, in Creston. If you're a guest there at Creston, we just want to make sure that you stop back at the uh, welcome table in the back of the sanctuary. And uh, just so you get to to say hi to those that are there and uh, so they can get to know your story a little bit more. And so welcome to uh, Creston Campus. Merry Christmas to everyone that is watching online. I hope that you will be blessed today. I hope that you will find a message of hope today. And I hope and my prayer is, is that one moment and one time that we will be able to see you in person here in one of our campuses. And so welcome to the services today. To everyone at St. Greg's, Merry Christmas. It is always encouraging to hear what God is doing with you and through you as you share your stories and as God does miracles in your life. So welcome and Merry Christmas to you. I want to encourage you, uh, each of you that are here and that are watching online, to make sure you get the Central Church app. Make sure you download it on your phone and, and just use it as a resource uh, for all the different updates that we send out as well as the notes that we'll be using today. So uh, we're excited about that. And so the, the questions I have for you this, today is, what's on your Christmas list? I'm going to count to three, and, and I want you to say what it is. Uh, we all know that Jesus is the number one thing that we want for Christmas. We want Jesus. We want that relationship. So we know that. But what is the other top gift that you have? So on the count of three, I just want you to shout it out, share it, um, and then we'll, we'll continue to go. So one, two, three. What is it? Yeah. I mean, it's exciting to know that we have those things on our Christmas list that, that are, are hopefully that will be something that's excited, exciting to us. But how many of you came out of Black Friday and then Cyber Monday and you're like, man, I'm ready for Christmas. And now you're at that moment where you're like, oh, no, I forgot one of my kids. They haven't told me what they wanted. And now, and now you're scrambling. It's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Day. It's, it's one of those situations where you're, you're, you're scrambling to find that perfect gift for that individual. How many of you uh, started that Christmas list six months ago? Any of you out there? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible the things that we put and the prep that we put into this. When I think back to Christmas as a kid, it was all about getting together uh, with the family. It was, all, it was all about the meal that, that we had. It was all about sitting around the tree and, and singing, and, and, uh, and then ultimately it was about the gifts. And as, as, a, as a kid, one of the things I remember uh, uh, pretty, pretty easily, I remember the, the moment that I opened up the Evil Knievel stuntman bike that you could crank up and you would just be able to crank it up and then shoot it out, and it would do and it'd do different tricks and things. And it was one of those toys that I had um, as a child. Now, I don't remember necessarily saying that I wanted it, but uh, I got it. And so I remember playing uh, a lot with that. I also remember, and this is when I was a child, I remember the Army men. You know, how many of you remember, um, you know, you go around and you play it and and you got all these different figures that you place around. You play a little army, a little war. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was incredible when you think about all the fun that you had with that. And then the third toy that I remember having is, is Hot Wheels. And then you go back in the 19, <clears throat> back in the day, 
Uh, and you think about all the different cards that you had. Some of them are worth a lot of money now if you want to have scratched them and tore off the wheels and did all kinds of things. But I remember the Hot Wheels and the tracks, and it was incredible things that I got as a kid. And, and sometimes even as a dad, I'd always think back. It's like, you know what? I want my kids to enjoy the same thing that we had as, ki- as, as kids. And so <laughs> many of us this morning uh, wait uh, for that opportunity to, to be a blessing to our kids and, and give those gifts. But how many of you got up early in Christmas morning to wait for uh, those presents, to wait for your parents to wake up so that you can start opening presents? Is there any, yeah, I mean, there's, we always think about those, those times that we had. And then how many of you ever got that present where you really didn't want, but you knew that you kind of needed? <laughs> you know, let's face it, there have all been those gifts those, those Christmas lists where we can't wait to open it up and then we get it and then we're like, you know what? That is going to be a white elephant exchange gift. <laughs> you know what? It's just like, yep, that's just going to go off of here. And, uh, and, and we go through those types of things and it's really kind of cool. But then, but then we, we kind of look at it. Uh, I have a, a granddaughter, uh, Ray Lynn, and, and seeing her starting to explore and, and doing the different things that we've given her, you know, different gifts or whatever, and, and you just seeing her play. But sometimes it's the, it's the wrapping paper that has more fun for kids, especially the littler ones. It's the wrapping paper. It's not the gift that you've poured into it and try to think of what would be the best gift to have, but it was the wrapping paper. And so a lot of times it's the wrapping paper that's more important because they haven't understood the value of the toy yet. And, uh, and I think that's a lot of times when we start thinking about our relationship with Christmas and, and our relationship with God is, is a lot of times we think about the worldly things, but we haven't always understood about the value of what Christ brings. And so hopefully today we'll be able to dive into that a little bit more um, with that. If your Christmas list is all checked off or if you've got that last minute item to buy, I thought it would be no better time and no better opportunity than to help you after I've done extensive research on the things that you should buy and not buy and so I'm going to give you a couple sample items that, that you shouldn't buy your husband or your wife uh, going into the Christmas uh, weekend. Now, I have a, I have a perfect example of this. Is I've, when when uh, Cheryl and I were, were getting ready to, we were getting married in the, in the summer, and this was Christmas before, and so I thought, what a great opportunity to buy something for the kitchen. You know, here I am, you know, I'm thinking I know it all, and, and, uh, and so I bought... Uh, my soon-to-be wife, a three-jar container set that you could put on the counter and put all kinds of nice things in it. Needless to say, that was not a good gift to get going into marriage. <laughs> and so I learned a little bit. So I want to help you out with this and kind of give you a, a little bit of help. So gifts that your wives don't want for Christmas, a car wash uh, kit, don't buy them that. A table saw for that project that she's reminded you that you want to do. Uh, a new outboard motor for your fishing boat so you can provide the meals uh, for the home. And lastly, that new satellite dish with sports package so that you can bond together. Probably not a couple ideas that you should buy uh, your wife. Now, for the wives, here's a couple things that you shouldn't buy for your husbands. Uh, a knickknack uh, type of uh, thing that you could put on the wall to make his man cave a little bit nicer. Probably not something that you should uh, respond on. Uh, a Bath and Body Works soap basket. Yeah, probably not the best. A vacuum cleaner so that he can help you out with the chores. Um, probably not the best. 
Um, and then something here where it's, it's something that you, you probably need, but you probably don't want. Uh, and that's a nose and ear trimmer, you know, hair trimmer. So again, these are some ideas that you can use to kind of keep away um, from, from buying. And so we go into our, our message this morning, and we're talking about Christmas list, and we're talking about the Christmas message. And so we're going to look up in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 through 17. And we're going to look at Paul. And what he, what he encountered as he began uh, in that relationship with God, as he was looking through the situations, and he says in verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength that he has considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on, the, out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom, am I, of whom I am the worst. But for the very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So why did Jesus come? The last three weeks, Pastor Ryan has shared about the Christmas story. He's talked about in week one, he talked about how God is a God of second chances. In week two, he talked about Jesus reminds us power, healing, and life. In week three, he's talking about how with power of God working through you, you can accomplish anything that he has called you to accomplish. I think as we think about the Christmas story and we think about the birth of Christ, these, these, these are things that, that are our foundation. These are the things that are important. And if you haven't been able to see any of these or you missed one, make sure you go back to uh, our website, check the messages, and, and make sure you go back and look at that. Um, for a little bit of background information of, of, of what um, is important this Christmas season. And so I've entitled, like I said, the, the message, The Christmas List. And point number one is Jesus is a different kind of king. He came for a different type of purpose. He's a different type of king because he came for a different type of purpose. He came because he wanted to, not because he was forced to. There was, there was compassion in Jesus. There was compassion that God had for those of us that are here and those of us in this world. There was compassion because he knew that he, that there was something that he had to do. It wasn't a forced thing. He wasn't like, oh man, I can't believe they screwed up again. I got to go help them. But he had compassion. He wanted to. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it's for, it says, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. To seek and to save the lost. You see, we, we see the purpose of why Jesus came in Paul's story. He was, he was the one that was, he was one that was called for service and yielded to Christ through the incident on the Damascus Road. In verse 12, it says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Paul doesn't take credit for the strength but rather he gives Jesus the credit. This compassion that Jesus had was real. This compassion that Jesus had on Paul. When Paul 
in his earlier life was chosen to go and to, to kill and to hurt anyone that had the faith in Christ. And so when we think about what Paul was doing, Jesus still wanted to come and rescue him. He appoints us as believers to move forward. If we as parents, he has appointed us to nurture children and to raise them up in the Lord. If we are husbands, he has commanded us to love our wives as Christ loved the church. If we are part of a family, we have the opportunity to serve the Lord that he has appointed us to. In doing these things, we have the responsibility to carry out our duties as husbands and wives and mothers and children. And in a larger way, as a body of Christ, we need to be reminded and to be sure that we are doing faithfully our part in God's will. We see that the thing of it is, is that he came because he wanted to. He came because he had compassion. Another thing that is different about our king is that he came because he chose to, not because he was required to. See, so many times we think that, that God came because he was required to come, but he came because he, was, because he chose to. Mankind needed someone to intercede, which is why Jesus volunteered for the role as Savior for the world that we celebrate this Christmas. In John 3, 16 and 17, a verse that we all know, a verse that has been, that has been shared across the airways, the TV ways, in person. A verse that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Everybody say save. He saved the world. That's, that, that's his goal. That's his purpose is to save the world. In verse 13, we see that Paul says, even though I was once a blasphemer and a, and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. He was shown mercy. See, the best part of Paul's story doesn't end there. Yes, he did have a reputation of being a rotten sinner. Yes, he had a reputation of doing things that were against God. But let's look at it, at this at his reconciliation. It says Paul says that I was shown mercy. And this morning no matter where you have what what you have done, no matter where you have gone, no matter what decisions that you have made, God wants to show mercy on you. That's the reason why he was born. Because he chose not because he not because he was required. This is the greatest gift the world has ever known. Not because of the outcome, but because of the love that was displayed. Leading as an example, Christ made every intention, every action, in and out of love for us. And we pray that, that in the midst of this season, of this giving season, that we do not lose sight of the one who has gave it all for us. We may be in the dark today, like Paul we may be in the dark. We may not understand. We may not even recognize the love of Christ. But today, God shows mercy. The next point that we have is he came because he desired to, not because he was commanded to. 
He came because he desired to, not because he commanded to. There is a relationship that takes place in the midst of our walk with him. He wants a relationship with you today. If you're a guest with us today, he wants a relationship with you. He wants you to understand his love. He wants you to understand that he desires to be a piece of you. Matthew 1, 21 through 23 says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill the Lord had said through the prophet, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and he will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In verse 14 of 1 Timothy, it says, The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Notice what Paul is saying here. Paul says that there is grace along with faith and love in our relationship that we can have in Christ. This is how he received that mercy. Jesus desires to have a personal relationship with you, to pour that grace out into you abundantly. And there are some, unfortunately, that look at that Christmas as a checklist to get things done, to make sure that we have all the gifts, to make sure we have everyone accounted for. And we look at it as a worldly endeavor to do the right thing, to do the good thing. And yet we fall short of what God God has for us. And that's where Paul was. But because of the mercy of the Lord, because of the grace that was poured out abundantly to him, he saw that relationship. He saw that compassion of Jesus. So the next point that we look at is he came to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to serve. He came to give Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. When you think about the word ransom and you think about how how important it is to be able to give of something in order to have something else in return. There There was something that we see that even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And this passage cuts to the heart of why Jesus had to come. He came to give his very life for each of us. He was born into the world so that he could die for the world. And Paul says it this way in Galatians 4, 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, and that's Christmas, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. See, Jesus redeems He redeems us. He pays our debt. And our text says that Jesus came that Christmas and gave a life for ransom. He gave his only life for us. To give his life as a ransom, that's Easter. The payment demanded his sinless life. And that ransom price was impossible to pay without him coming and being a part of our life. Verse 15, it says, here is a trustworthy saying, 1 Timothy 1, 15, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Paul recognized that he was the worst. 
And yet God was still willing to lay out a plan and mercy and grace for Paul. And today, in that same tone, in that same situation, he is ready and willing to pursue you and to love on you and to serve you and to guide you to the place where you need to be to where you can recognize that hope in him. The next point we have is he came to call sinners to repentance, that hope that we talked about. In Luke 5, 31 through 32, it says, Jesus answered them, it was, not the, it was not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call righteous, but sinners to repentance. See, we have a hard time thinking about our sin, our disobedience against a blazing, just, and holy God. So Jesus uses an image we all understand. He talks about the physical sickness. He specifically compares the sinner to the person who is physically ill and is in need of a doctor. As we go through the winter season and we are blessed with this beautiful storm and the high winds and the cold, it is awesome. But at the same time, there's moments of sickness that comes. Maybe today you're dealing with some sickness. Maybe today you're dealing with a disease. Maybe something's going on in your life. And we see this example. We know that the sickness doesn't, doesn't just go away if we ignore it. If, we have a, if, it if, if you have a treatable yet lethal form of cancer, you don't see a doctor for the care. If you don't see the doctor for care, you'll die. The doctor can only save you if you go to him. In the same way, we are all sinners and we are desperate Need of salvation, which only comes through repentance and faith in Jesus. John 8, 24 says, apart from Jesus, we will die in our sins. Only Jesus has the solution, the cure to our sin problem. And that's one of the moments that we have that are so important to understand that, <laughs> you know, we, we think that, that we can just do our own thing and, and there are no answers and, and we just kind of float through life. But the Word of God has the answers that we need. Paul's purpose in life was to be an example to those who would believe in Christ and receive eternal life. In verse 16 it says, But the very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Our own testimonies, our own stories, can be a powerful example to those that we come in contact with so that you too, so that they too will believe in Christ and have a personal relationship with him. We, me and you, have a story to share to those that we come in contact with. That our God is a loving God. That our God is a caring God. He's a compassionate God. He's a God of hope. He's a God that comes and will serve where you're at right now to anything that you're dealing with. He came to give that hope. He came to call sinners to repentance. And our testimony and our story is evident in what he is doing. The next point, it says, he came to give eternal life. He came to give us truth. He came to give us truth. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, this is the greatest gift 
that one can receive. It is the greatest gift that we could receive today. It is the greatest gift that we would be able to share. It is the greatest gift that we would be able to put on our Christmas list. (laughs) That we would be able to know that our family and friends have a personal relationship with Jesus. Jesus came to give eternal life to whoever believes in Jesus. Eternal life doesn't come automatically. It doesn't come just because you are water baptized. It doesn't just come because you're a good person. It doesn't doesn't come just because you give. You don't get eternal life like you get hair. It only comes once you put your trust in Jesus. It only comes when you believe in him. When you cast all of your cares down at his feet. When you say, Jesus, take me. Jesus, take me. See, it's natural to ask what happens if I choose not to believe in him. Jesus doesn't leave us hanging. He says, whoever believes in him is not condemned in John, in, in John 3.18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. I love that fact that Jesus doesn't leave us hanging, that he provides the truth that we need today. If you're watching online today, if you're at the Creston campus today, I want you to know that Jesus is not going to leave you hanging. That Jesus is going to give you the the, the opportunities to say yes to him. That he is pursuing you right now. See, we see in Paul, what Paul writes in, in 17, it says, Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God to be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He is the only God that we are able to go and worship with purpose There are a lot of things of this world, there's a lot of things this Christmas season that we're choosing to to honor and we are choosing to, to, uh, to surrender to. But the only one that we can truly surrender to is the King, is our Lord. His name is Jesus. There's another purpose that we see in verse 17 of Paul's changed life and one that we should all share, and that is the exalting of God. The exalting of God. There, there's a, a process that we need to have as believers that we need to be able to exalt our king. To be able to, to be responsive to what he is doing in our life. To be able to say, even in the midst of my calamity, even in the midst of my hurt, I will praise him. I will worship him. So the second point of this is that Jesus is approachable. God is asking for you to come to him. He is approachable as he pursues you. He is approachable. Isaiah 42, 2 and 4 says, He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or discourage till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching the islands will be put, they put their hope in. Isaiah's description shows us Jesus' compassion and his gentleness. The vivid description here gives a clear mental image that careless people trample others in their harsh attitudes, but Jesus is not like that. The image we get of Jesus is of extreme care. Broken people can come to him and be restored. He will gently nurture them. He will gently heal them and restore them. See, at his second coming, there'll be a day 
that Jesus will return. And at that moment, there will be justice that will incur. There will be justice that will take place when he returns and takes those that believe in him home into heaven. But today, can I tell you that, that we still have grace? Can I tell you that we still live in a season of grace? And as we celebrate Christmas, he is approachable. He was not condescending. He is not judgmental. He is not prideful. He is not, he is not going to reject a single person who comes to him. And we see this quality in Jesus from his birth all the way until his death. The third point is that Jesus is accessible. Seek, and God can be reached. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth of anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love that God has in Jesus our Lord. Jesus is accessible. He's asking us to seek him. You see, celebrities today have security guards and they have, they have offices where you can't reach them from public elevators. They, they have that, they're, they're secure and they're, they're unapproachable and they're unaccessible. But Jesus always presented himself someone who was accessible, the lady with the blood disease, the paralyzed man that was brought to him through the roof, the disciples who could come to him and ask many questions, he, he provided accessibility. And so no matter what we're at, no matter what we're going through, he wants, to know, he wants you to know that he's accessible. All authority was given to him. He could have been inaccessible. He was the king. He came on this earth not to be served, but to serve because he loves his people. Matthew 7, 7 says, Not only can you approach the door, but you can knock. Can I tell you this morning, it's so important for us to understand that we can have access, 24-7 access. One of the greatest things that I have is a fob that I can walk into a, a, a place to, have, uh, to do physical fitness. Because of this fob, I can have 24-7 access. And today, because of our relationship with him, because of what God has done by coming and giving his son, this Christmas season, we, have, we can have the opportunity to have access to him 24-7. And lastly, Jesus is available. Jesus is available. It says, knock, God will open the door. Matthew 7, 7 and 8 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. We are to knock with patient endurance and steadfast perseverance. Can I tell you this morning? Can I tell you today? Continue to knock. We are to knock with confidence and humility even when life's circumstances seem to test our faith and sap our strength. Continue to knock. We are to knock and keep on knocking even when the prowling enemy of our soul tries to cause our hearts to faint. Keep on knocking. And when God's presence seems very far removed from us, we are to knock and knock and knock and keep on knocking. For the testing of our faith develops perseverance and such endurance must finish, must finish its work within so that we become mature and complete, lacking nothing as tightly clinging to his all-sufficient grace. God is holding us in his arms. And so as we close today, this is often filled with organized chaos. 
this week. Checking our list, getting our last minute Christmas gifts, meal preparation, travel, and more. While some people find the thrill in waiting for the last minute to finish their Christmas shopping, others feel overwhelmed by the busyness that this season brings. Just what is on your Christmas list? Children can give a list of all kinds of toys and gadgets and model airplanes and dolls and laptops and all of this. But most of those gifts, after a few weeks or months, end up in the garage or given down to the next child. In Matthew 24, Jesus warns us that people will be busy on the day of his coming and people will be busy the way they were in the days of Noah and Lot. When Jesus says this, he does not say that people in those days were busy being wicked. Jesus says that people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, buying and selling, planting and building. They were going about their daily business, but had lost sight of the hope of who Jesus was. We often keep ourselves busy in similar ways when we know a special deadline is approaching We know that Christmas is coming, and so we begin to do all the things that we have to do to accomplish that task and forget to seek out the Lord. May we be ready to rest in God's goodness as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Matthew 1.23 says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Luke 2.14 says, Glory to God, be the highest on the earth among those whom he is pleased. Today is a great day. Today is a great day that we celebrate our King and we give the hope in Him in all that we do. So will you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you for giving your Son on this Christmas day 2,000 years ago. Forgive us for leaving some things undone. Help us to rest in your grace and receive the joy of your salvation that's revealed in Jesus. I pray that you, would do the, that you would do a measurable, more than we can ask or imagine. And I pray, God, that the decisions that happen today will, will change the landscape of where we're at. For those that do not know who you are today, may they say yes. For those that, are, that know who you are, God, may today be the beginning of something greater in their life as they continue to pursue you. We give you glory, God, today because we know miracles are taking place. We give you glory today, God, because we know those that are lost are coming home. We're giving you glory today because we know that you sacrificed it all to come to this earth to be born in a manger that we may be able to find the hope and the love that we need. Thank you, God, for this Christmas season. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you guys. Have an awesome, awesome Christmas.